0: Welcome to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here's Bill Henderson.
1: Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer-Free on webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you, and we're going to have some wonderful information for you here on the show today. Before we get started in that, though, we want to give you kind of an update of the current information that's going on in the news about cancer. And one of our wonderful folks at Web Talk Radio will be talking to you shortly for a few minutes about that. So stay tuned and I'll be back shortly.
0: Thanks, Bill. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. I wanted to share a touching and thought provoking article from Natural News about a man whose tumor shrank when he altered his environment and shunned cancer treatments in favor of acts of kindness. While most people are focused on paying their own bills, sorting through their own finances, and seeking to generate more income, unemployed Bryce Royer has made it his mission to pay others' rent. Such generosity is just one example of the many ways he helps others. Of course, the burning question exists. Why does he do it? Says Royer, why do I pay other people's rent and not my own? It's simple. Buying and selling isn't love. It's trade. Giving and receiving is love. I believe trade disconnects us and caused my cancer. Royer's story illustrates the link between money and illness. 30-year-old Royer developed a rare stomach cancer two years ago. After hearing the common reasons that likely led to his illness, such as exposure to chemicals and other environmental factors, it wasn't until he spoke with an economist who said that money was at the root of its cause, that Royer developed this pay-it-forward mindset. In a nutshell, he has embraced a lifestyle in which he focuses on shifting away from a cash-driven society towards one that allows people to meet their needs in a system of giving and receiving instead. Rather than turning to cancer treatments or surgeries, Royer has chosen to change his environment, and it's done wonders for his health. Since adopting this lifestyle, he's maintained a healthy life ...that's allowed him to manage his illness. In fact, he's even added weight to his once sickly-looking body, something he was unable to do before making this change. Plus, he encourages and inspires others to embrace a gift-economy lifestyle... ...through the Facebook page he created called Gift Economy Vancouver, BC. Royer even moved from a very busy area to a significantly quieter town in North Vancouver, Canada... The thinking behind his approach of treating cancer by engaging in a pay-it-forward system is twofold. First, after research and much thought, he says he feels that money and people's collective quest for it can lead to unhealthy bodies. For example, in parts of China, where some chemical factories thrive economically, its residents are developing cancers left and right. In areas where the economy is booming... In many instances, the health of its surrounding population is waning. Therein comes the notion that society's ongoing desire for money to the point of unnecessary excess is literally costing people their lives. Secondly, Royer is on board with research that shows that sharing and a sense of community leads to longevity. In a society where people give and receive rather than engage in monetary exchanges, people tend to live happy and healthier lives. For example, on the Greek island of Ikaria, men are about four times as likely as Americans to reach 90, and their health is typically better to boot. There, children return home to live with their parents even after college, there is no concept of time and the sense of urgency that tends to surround it in other cultures, and people pool their money to celebrate holidays with food and drink. Royer had this to say of his gift economy way of living. "'For me,' he said, "'it's a matter of survival.' Giving and receiving for me is about health and healing. A recent medical scan shows there to be improvement in Royer's tumor. That's a look at cancer in the news this week. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. Now back to you, Bill. Hello,
1: folks. This is Bill Henderson with How to Live Cancer Free. If you're a male over the age of 50, you're probably experiencing problems with your prostate gland. And as I have personally for about the last 27 years of my life, until a few months ago and I discovered a product which I think all of you need to explore. It's called PROSTABEL, P-R-O-S-T-A-B-E-L. The PROSTA, of course, stands for the prostate gland, but the B-E-L stands for the gentleman that discovered this in France some years ago, named Mirko Beljansky, a wonderful uh, researcher and scientist and biologist who has discovered two products that combine together help all kinds of urinary problems that happen when you have a a swollen prostate or prostate cancer. So what I'd suggest you do is take a look at the website, which is the product that I'm using now that's dramatically improved my urinary symptoms from an enlarged prostate. Most men have the same problem, and believe me, this is the only product out of a dozen or so that I've tried over the last 25, 26 years that has helped me take a look at the website, it's natural-source.com, the name of the company is Natural Source International in New York, and there's a phone number on there if you'd like to call them. But be sure when you make the order, either online or uh, over the phone, that you use my name. Tell them Bill Henderson sent you and you'll get a 20% discount on your first order. And believe me, for this product that's a big help. there's a ladies version of this called Lady Bell, which is the same substances, but with a little bit of addition uh, for the ladies. And that is at the website as well. They have several other products there. Take a look at the website. This is a wonderful company, and this has been dramatically successful for me in improving my uh, urination problems. And I think it will be for you. Take a look at it. We're going to talk about today... Among other things, is a review of the causes of cancer that I discuss with people on coaching sessions on the phone every day of the week. I talk to one or two people at least every day about their cancer all over the world, and we talk about the cause. And I find that this is the first time they've discussed this. I ask them if a doctor has discussed this with them, and in every case, they say no. In my opinion, knowing the cause of anything helps to reverse it if you want to reverse it, so we always discuss this, and I'll talk to you about this shortly. What I'd like to talk first about, though, is some cancer in the news items. As many of you know, I welcome anything that comes along that discourages women from getting mammography, mammograms. To me, they are very dangerous, and they trigger lots of things, that wouldn't happen otherwise in the way of treatment for supposedly breast cancer determined by mammograms. There is interesting study done. Uh, the title is Early Mammograms May Trigger Genetic Breast Cancer. This is a Johns Hopkins study. It was published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute. And it may be exactly what happens when women at risk for genetic breast cancer are subjected by radiation exposure from annual mammograms. According to the National Cancer Institute, about thirteen point two percent of women in the general US population will develop breast cancer. But scientists have found that many women, especially those with a strong family history of breast cancer and or ovarian cancer, have altered genes identified as BRCA one or BRCA two, which raise the risk of breast malignancies to around eighty five percent. Well, as you know, we've discussed. In earlier sessions of this show, we've discussed about these genetic uh, inheritances for cancer and the fact that the genes have to be expressed in order to cause anything. Genes just do not cause things automatically at all. And the reason that uh, women with the particular genetic thing, they are more susceptible to cancer, but the things that express the genes are lifestyle choices in general, and particularly having to do with the things we'll talk about Today this study though was done by at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore and they looked at breast cancer mortality statistics in this group of women following 5 annual mammograms starting at various ages and they found a disturbing trend that far more cases of breast cancer developed than were expected In fact, the study indicates that women who underwent five mammograms between the ages of 24 and 29 would have an additional 26 breast cancers per 10,000 women due to the radiation. Mammograms between the ages of 30 and 34 would produce an excess of 20 additional cancers and between 35 and 39, an additional 13 cancers. However, because women with the altered BRCA gene are at such high risk for breast cancer in the first place, does the hope of identifying early cancerous lesions outweigh the risk of possibly triggering mammography-induced breast cancer? Well, the researchers say the answer appears to be no. What they basically say is has been proven by other studies done years ago, actually, one of them in 2001 appeared in an article in Medscape, an online journal for physicians and other healthcare professionals, and it stated, it is very likely that a routine mammogram for women with BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutations is more dangerous than for women with normal BRCA genes. What's more, the article points out that radiation therapy for BRCA caused cancer as well as the radiation from mammograms, may cause the malignancy to spread. In other words, when they treat it, after you've gotten the breast cancer, it causes it to spread because the radiation is carcinogenic. It's been proven for years. The article said, when a new tumor does appear in hereditary breast cancer, it may be a second primary tumor accelerated by unrepaired radiation damage while diagnosing or curing the first tumor, unquote. So what do we do about this? Well, my feeling, and, and it's supported by the people who do these studies, is that the best way to do breast tumor diagnosis is with an annual clinical breast examination by a qualified professional, together with monthly breast self-examinations, which they can teach you how to do. And believe me, almost any physician or nurse who has done this can show you how to do this, and it's very simple. So that's what I would recommend. Certainly mammograms are very harmful and should be avoided because the radiation that they give you is cumulative over a lifetime, literally. The second thing I want to talk about is antioxidants and other supplements and their interference, quote-unquote, with chemotherapy and radiation therapy. If you've been to an oncologist lately and and started your treatment for cancer, which I don't recommend, by the way, you may have heard that antioxidants and supplements are not a good idea because they interfere with the chemotherapy or the radiation treatment. Well, this is just nonsense, folks, and it was recently pointed out in an article by Dr. Charles Simone, a very prominent MD, by the way, who has spent time as an internist at the Cleveland Clinic has been a medical oncologist with the National Cancer Institute a tumor immunologist with the National Cancer Institute and a radiation oncologist for many years and he has helped congress in by testifying to various congressional committees on the subject of health cancer disease prevention children's health programs FDA reform and Alternative Medicine, a very prominent doctor. He's appeared on 60 Minutes, Primetime Live, Fox News Channel, and others on TV. Very famous doctor. Let me read you some of what he says in this article, Dr. Simone. He says, one of every two men and one of every three women in America will develop cancer, about one and a half million cases per year. In addition, since 1930, despite the use of radiation therapy, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and improved surgical and diagnostic techniques, there has been limited improvement in cancer survival rates for most adult cancers. Chemotherapy and radiation therapy, however, continue to have a large role in cancer treatment, but produce great morbidity. In other words, they don't work. About 900,000 cancer patients per year receive radiation therapy, and about 750,000 cancer patients per year receive chemotherapy. A huge industry, folks. So we need to decrease side effects and also increase survival, says Dr. Simone. What he's talking about is... Is some research published in the National Cancer Institute Journal. The subject was, should supplemental antioxidant administration be avoided during chemotherapy and radiation therapy? This was published in November of 2008. He has attached this article to the, the email I'm reading from, but I'll try to summarize it for you. The work further supports our previous publications, he says, which show that people should take supplemental antioxidants during chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Our findings are important because cancer patients have been told not to take supplemental antioxidants during treatment because a single interview in the New York Times in 1997 that was not based on published scientific work and a single research paper involving mouse cells along with a press release by its author in 1999, led to the erroneous notion that that vitamin C interferes with chemotherapy and radiation in humans. The notion soon applied to all antioxidants as physicians, patients, the media, the American Cancer Society, and scores of websites took the same position without reviewing the scientific evidence. What he says is our findings are clear and consistent over decades. Since the 1970s, 280 peer-reviewed in vitro and in vivo studies, including 50 human studies involving 8,521 patients, 5,081 of whom were given nutrients, have consistently shown that non-prescription antioxidants and other nutrients do not interfere with therapeutic modalities for cancer. Furthermore, they enhance the killing of therapeutic modalities for cancer, decrease their side effects and protect normal tissue. In 15 human studies, 3,738 patients who took non-prescription antioxidants and other nutrients actually had increased survival. So if your doctor and your oncologist in particular is saying to you that you should avoid taking the supplements, the type of thing that I recommend that people take, just... Either find yourself another oncologist or do it anyway and do not listen to him or her because they obviously don't know what they're talking about, which is not unusual. By the way, in this business of chemotherapy and radiation, you're going to hear a lot of nonsense from doctors. Well, what I'm going to talk about for the rest of this show uh, is the coaching type of thing that I do for people where I talk about the cause of their cancer. And it's usually a very interesting discussion for them because no one has ever discussed this with them. And it it turns out to be very useful because, in my opinion, seems logical that once you understand the cause of something, it's much easier to reverse it. So we'll talk about those three causes during the show today. The first one of those is an some kind of an emotional trauma or shock. Those of you who have been listening to this show for a while maybe have heard from some of the practitioners of the German New Medicine. This is simply a theory which has now become a fact, scientifically supported fact by Dr. Hammer, the German doctor, that most degenerative conditions involve some kind of emotional component. They have been triggered by an emotional event in the person's life. Dr. Hammer's developed this over the 30 years since 1978 that he's been looking at at people and at their brain CT scans and and all their records and has counseled thousands of people, 40,000 patients of all kinds, including 12,000 cancer patients. And he has found in his experience that 100% of them had some kind of emotional component of their problem. And that reversing that caused the problem to go away, that somehow the body took care of it once the emotional condition was released. And you can study this, and I recommend highly that you do if you haven't, at the website germannewmedicine.ca. It's a Canadian website maintained by Dr. Carolina Marklin, who I interviewed on this show last year in about April or May. Dr. Marklin gives seminars around Canada two or so a month, and I went to one in April of 2008 in Montreal for four days and learned quite a bit about Dr. Hammer's theory and saw a lot of the brain CT scans that support his theory. What you will find at the website is that the brain CT scans that he's reviewed, and there will be pictures of them, examples there, which you can look at, they show a lesion in this portion of the brain that controls the organ where the first tumor appeared. In the case of cancer, actually, they show lesions for other degenerative conditions as well. And Dr. Hammer can look at one of these without ever having seen the patient and can very accurately describe what their problem is and what the degree of healing is. And as you'll learn, if you look at the website, there is a conflict phase, which he talks about where the problem has not been completely dealt with. And then a healing phase after the uh, brain and the body have released this particular emotional problem, and the body is in the process of cleaning up the tumor and the rest of the problems that that may have resulted from it. In my experience, it's not 100%, as Dr. Hammer says, you know, I I think 70 to 80% of the people I talk to have some emotional component they can identify, something that occurred, an event a year or two prior to the first diagnosis of the cancer. And it's pretty readily identified by anyone who I discuss this with that has this kind of problem. But there are some 20 to 30% of people who do not have anything identifiable like this. And I think the difference is that Dr. Hammer's model is well known to the people who come to see him. So 100% of the people that he's talked to seem to have this particular type of problem as a precursor of their their disease, the cancer or whatever it is. So he is as a, a bit of a skewed sample, if you will. It's not a random sample. It's people coming to him who, who heard about him. He's been quite prominent in Europe for the last 30 years or so. People know what his theory is, and they come to see him for that reason. So that's why I think it's probably a little less than 100%, certainly. But it is a major component, and it's something you need to be familiar with. What I suggest, in addition to reading the website, which Dr. Marklin has done a wonderful job of of translating a lot of his information from German into English for you, and it covers a lot of different types of cancer and testimonials and that sort of thing. In addition to that, I would suggest you get familiar with Dr. Bradley Nelson and his book called The Emotion Code. I mention this in my book because it's a very good resource. The reason I recommend it is because it's very inexpensive. You don't need a practitioner. It's very much a self-help program where you can yourself identify what the emotion is. Dr. Nelson calls it a trapped emotion, but it's the same type of theory that Dr. Hammer is talking about, where some Emotion that you've experienced, which has not been released by your psyche and your mind-body effect is continuing, he calls it a trapped emotion. He says it's like a ball of energy in your body somewhere uh, that is not visible, obviously, but is affecting your physical health. And he, in his book, gives you a procedure, which he teaches you, a very simple procedure, for identifying what the emotion is and then when it occurred in your past, and giving you a method for releasing it from your body. And believe me, my wife and I have tried this, and it works. It's very simple, and the book, including shipping, probably costs less than $20. You can buy the book. It's called The Emotion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson at Amazon.com. You can also buy it at his website, which is TheEmotionCode.com. There's another website I'd recommend you jot down. It's Dr. D.R. Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, Nelson, dot com. At this website, he gives you information on his appearances in public, and he does lecture around the Western United States on this subject and holds seminars on it. But he also does teleseminars on the telephone, and you can tune into these at no cost except the cost of the long-distance call. And you can listen to Dr. Brad to describe his procedure and work with some people remotely on the call to help heal their pain and their problems. And there is at the website, drbradleynelson.com, there is a, a November 2008 teleseminar audio file, which you can listen to now, if you like, and get a good idea of what one of these teleseminars is like, and then you can join it and maybe become one of the guinea pigs that he works on on the telephone. This is a very, very useful resource and one that I would strongly recommend you get before you get involved with a psychotherapist or an emotional freedom technique, EFT practitioner, where you're going to have to spend a lot of money on someone's time to listen to what you tell them and probably not get a treatment that is effective as what Dr. Brad Nelson is giving you in this book. strongly recommend TheEmotionCode.com, folks. Well, we're going to talk about the other two very common causes of cancer here in just a minute after this short commercial break I'm going to give you now where I talk about my three sponsors. The first thing I use in the morning is called transfer point beta-glucan. And most of you know that I've been doing this for about two years now, and I've had absolutely no uh, evidence of any kind of virus, uh, cold, flu, or anything in those two years. In fact, my very healthy for the last two years, and I attribute a lot of it to this transfer point beta-glucan. I only need to take one of those capsules in the morning, every morning, then I forget about it until the next morning. It's very convenient in that way. As If you have diagnosed cancer, I recommend you take one per 50 pounds of body weight which is what uh, A.J. Lanigan, the gentleman who discovered this, who's an expert on the immune system, he recommends that this dose is ample for anyone with cancer. So one per 50 pounds of body weight first thing in the morning before you eat anything, you forget about it until the next day. It's very convenient and pretty inexpensive because you don't take as much of it as you do many of the other products that I've recommended. It's been tested against 36 other immune products by independent studies done at universities like harvard and and the university of louisville and found to be superior to its competitors so i recommend you get some of this it's at about betaglucan.com forward slash b special the b special gets you to a page where you get a special discount for being a listener to this show you can call them at 1-800-746-7640 in atlanta they're on eastern time obviously and If you're outside the United States area, 678-560-1808. The second thing I take in the morning is barley power pills. And the reason I do is because I know what's in these. I've seen how they're grown in the uh, beautiful farm in western Pennsylvania. And they, they, they harvest the young green barley leaves when they are at their prime. And they have 72 trace minerals and 20 amino acids in them. But they also are cold processed into little pills, which retain all of the enzymes that the barley pills have. And barley has about 3,000 enzymes, which is all of them in the human body, believe me. And there's no way to, to test which enzymes we're deficient in. So the best thing you can do is this kind of broad brush approach to take every enzyme and the body will use the ones it needs and discard the rest. I take about eight or nine of these every morning. Uh, I would suggest cancer patients take about 20 of these a day. Actually, you can take as many as you like because it's the equivalent of about eating two full plates of vegetables. In addition to the enzymes, of course, you get a dose of alkalinity, which is very healthy for cancer patients and, and helps to offset the acid state of cancer, which is one of the reasons the cancer thrives. To get these green pills called Barley Power, you call 1-800-358-0777. 777 they there on Eastern Time as well if you're outside the United States. Try area 724-946-9057. You can also go to their website, which is greensupreme.net. My third sponsor is Our Health Co-op, a wonderful organization in Florida, and these folks have done a lot of wonderful things to the supplement business. They have provided you with the lowest-cost supplements at the highest quality. How do they do that? Well, they take everything that they sell before they put it on their shelves to ship to you. They run it through an independent lab where it is tested to make sure that it has what it says on the container in the supplement. And believe me, I know of nobody else that does this, either a manufacturer or a retailer of supplements. They are unique in this regard. The things I recommend from them for cancer patients are Heart Plus and Green Tea Extract, those two combined help to stop the spread of cancer, which is the only thing that kills cancer patients is called metastasis. And you certainly want to stop that. So this is a very important product for cancer patients. But I'd suggest you take all the supplements you buy, go to the website, which is they want you to use a website called makinghealthaffordable.com, makinghealthaffordable.com, And there you'll find the variety of things that they sell. And you can compare the price of what you're paying with what they charge for the supplements. And I think you'll find it amazing at how low their prices are. I've never seen anything lower in my life. You can call these folks at 1-800-667-0781. If you're outside the United States, area 561-863-5300. Well, stay tuned now, folks, we're going to talk about the other two causes of cancer, the major causes that almost everyone that I talk to can identify as one or more of these as being the cause of their cancer. Okay, folks, let's continue our discussion of a replica of what I do when I coach cancer patients about how to recover. I think this will prove useful to you if you have cancer or to one of your loved ones if you don't, as a guide to what to think about and and what types of things that I've found in helping thousands of cancer patients over the last several years from all over the world, literally. Most of them do recover. Obviously, I don't keep records every few weeks of, of people's condition but I get enough feedback from people who become cancer-free that I'm quite sure that 90% or better of the people who follow my recommendations in the book recover from their cancers and all different kinds of cancers. What we were talking about just before the break was about the condition of the jaw as the second of three major causes of cancer. And boy, this is a big one. It's hard to exaggerate, the problems that your jaw can cause to your health. Root canal teeth are so toxic, I've heard from two experts on this subject the same phrase, that the toxins coming out of all root canal teeth are more toxic than botulism. If I had even one root canal filling in my mouth, this would get my attention more than anything else, because what these gentlemen know from their years of experience with dealing with root canal teeth is that they do cause serious diseases and that very rarely does a doctor and a dentist exchange information about a particular patient. So it's really up to you as the patient of the dentist or the doctor to make that connection. And the only way you can do that, of course, is to educate yourself about what the likelihood is of a root canal tooth and or a cavitation. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Causing whatever your problem is. If the problem is cancer and you have a root canal tooth, one or more, the odds are that they are connected. Because almost always, in my experience at least, with people who have these, they have tried other remedies, conventional remedies and alternative remedies, and nothing seems to work until they finally get their mouth cleaned up. This is such a dramatic change in their health that, you know, they're always amazed by it, but in fact, they do recover almost immediately from whatever the condition is, including the cancer. So there is no question that they're connected. The studies that go into this have been around since 1920s, Dr. Weston Price finished a study literally in 1925 that went on for 20 years about root canal fillings, and his suspicions were confirmed that there was no safe way to do a root canal in anyone's mouth, and that conclusion has been suppressed for at least the last 80-some years by both the American Dental Association and the American Association of Endodontists, which is the root canal specialists. If you'd like to find a book that uh, tells you exactly what root canals are and how they should be treated, probably the place to start is Root Canal Cover-Up by Dr. George Meinig. Dr. Meinig, unfortunately passed away about six months ago, earlier this year, at the age of, of 91. But he had, been, had spent about 15 years after his retirement as an endodontist trying to educate people about what I'm talking about exactly, the the danger of root canal fillings. This was a man who had done 50 years of root canals for people from 1943 to 1993 and had discovered Dr. Weston Price's research published, or not published, actually suppressed in the 20s, after he retired. He retired in 1993, and and shortly thereafter, someone brought to his attention this 1,174 pages of research published in 1925 by Dr. Price. Why didn't it get circulated further? Well, it's an interesting political uh, argument that went on then. The argument centered around the topic of focal infection. A focal infection simply means that something infected in your body can affect organs that are distant from it. That's what focal infection means. At the time, it was a controversial subject, believe it or not, in 1925, and it was sort of the core of this study that Dr. Weston Price and 60 other dentists had done for at least 20 years on root canal fillings and how they affected your health they had proven beyond any doubt that the root canals were the cause of numerous degenerative conditions, including cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, and all kinds of other diseases, so-called, which are really conditions in your body, not diseases. They are reactions of your body to what's happened to it, including getting your teeth taken care of by a dentist who wants to retain the tooth at all costs, and that cost can be your life, literally. Well, Dr. Meinig decided that he had to get the word out to people about what he'd been doing to them for 50 years. And bless him, he spent the last 15 years of his life lecturing all over the United States and trying to educate people and wrote this book, which you should read, called Root Canal Cover-Up, explaining exactly The the politics behind root canal teeth, which are a huge source of income now for endodontists and and dentists in general. And, of course, they're in denial about the terrible tragedy of, of your mouth making you sick enough and killing you in some cases, many, many cases, in fact, because you're unaware of that fact. So I always try to get people to think about this because... At least 60% of the people that I talk to approximately have root canal fillings. There are 24 million of these done every year in the United States alone, and of course they're done in other countries all over the world as well. Uh, By dentists trying to save a tooth in the mouth by taking out the pulp and the nerve at the center of the tooth and filling it with something like gutta percha, which is a, a rubber substance, and as a result, the tooth becomes a dead piece of bone in the person's jaw, and it's affected by something like gangrene. Actually, inside the tooth, in the what's called the dentin, are little tiny tubules, millions of them, and even the smallest tooth. And in those grow these anaerobic bacteria as a result of the cutting off the circulation through the tooth when the center part, the nerve, etc., is taken out. This process produces something called thioethers, which is what these anaerobic bacteria put out. And that thioether gas can escape through the enamel of the tooth into the jaw, through the root of the tooth, which is still there, of course, and it can get into the bloodstream of the person and go to any organ that is, is weak and cause especially in organs which are close to the mouth, uh, like, for example, uh, the thyroid, the breasts, the brain, etc., can cause cancer and all kinds of other problems. And these have to be dealt with in a way that is unusual as far as pulling teeth out if you want to get rid of them, which is what I always recommend people do. Find a good biological dentist and or an oral surgeon and have the tooth properly removed and if there are several, of course, have all of them removed with the surgery that's involved that makes it effective. The tooth has to be taken out, of course, but if you just yank the tooth and you don't do anything to the inflammation in the jaw that goes with every root canal filling, it's just as if you hadn't pulled the tooth at all. In my November 20th newsletter, which is at my website, there's a a page there called Newsletter Archive. If you want to read about a source to find a biological dentist to look at your mouth and evaluate it, there's a pretty good one in that article. Just go to the website, www.beating-cancer-gently.com. Take a look at the Newsletter Archive page. Scroll down to the last newsletter, November 20th, and in there is an article which, among other things, will give you a website to go to with an international organization of biological dentistry and medicine. And it's an interesting way to find someone near you. I found one fairly close to me, and I'm going to go to him sometime in the next couple of weeks and get my mouth evaluated, which I haven't done for several years. So I'm going to try to walk the walk here with you folks, but it's a very, very important thing to have done if you've been diagnosed with cancer immediately, because there is absolutely no way to recover from cancer, in my opinion, with even one root canal filling in your mouth, because I've seen too many people who've tried too many things and it hasn't worked. So take a look at that article in my my latest newsletter. I think it will help you get started down this path. There are things besides root canal teeth that cause these problems. They are called cavitations, and to most people this is a a new concept because a dentist basically doesn't talk about this. Many of them are either in denial about it or they're unaware of it. But when a tooth is extracted, for example, a wisdom tooth, I've had four extracted from my mouth that were pretty difficult extractions. What can happen is a hole in the jaw can remain after the extraction, and it will heal over, but there's enough space in there and not circulation enough that the same type of anaerobic bacteria can grow in these cavitations and cause the same type of toxins that come out of a root canal tooth to be sent through your bloodstream. So good dentists, who are what I call biological dentists, and by the way, they fly under the radar. It's pretty hard to find them. You're not going to find them in the phone book. Uh, They do not advertise on TV, and they don't want me to interview them on the radio because they basically will be uh, cast-offs of the dental system if their uh, approach to dentistry becomes widely known. So they generally know what they're doing, And I've known several of them that are extremely competent, but they kind of operate under the radar. So you have to find them in ways like that directory that I give you in the newsletter article. So take a look at that. And at the same time, of course, make a commitment to clean up your mouth entirely. Some of you have heard the story or read my book about it, about the Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland a very famous cancer clinic. It's been around since about 1957. And the gentleman that runs it now, Dr. Thomas Rao, became suspicious about the degree of root canal involvement with breast cancer patients. The Paracelsus Clinic is somewhat unique in that they have a dental section that all cancer patients go through before they get any cancer treatment at all the first thing they do is clean up the patient's mouth. And, of course, they remove the root canal fillings properly with a little surgery on the jaw as the first priority, really, literally. They also may take out mercury amalgam fillings, but that will depend, apparently, on the condition of the person and because it can cause more harm than good if it's done improperly. And when a person is very, very sick, it's probably best to wait to do the mercury amalgam fillings until they're more healthy but certainly the root canal removals are done immediately and what Dr. Rao decided to do is take a look to see what the percentage was of women with breast cancer who had root canal fillings and he looked at the last 150 records of the women who had come through their clinic with breast cancer and believe it or not he found that 147 of them had root canal fillings on the same meridian as the original breast cancer tumor the other three probably had some form of cavitation in their jaw this is is virtually always present if someone has had dental work done of the type i'm talking about root canal fillings very very important So. How do you find a dentist? Well, even if you go to a a directory like the one I've mentioned in my newsletter, you still need to interview the office that you're you're going to. Don't take for granted any directory's information. What I suggest to people that they do is ask two questions of each of the dentist's office that they're considering for root canal treatment to get rid of their root canals. The first one, of course, is does your office do root canal fillings? Pretty simple. If the answer is yes, you just hang up the phone and go on to the next one because no office that understands what I'm talking to you about would ever do a root canal filling on any patient. If you get the right answer, which is we not only don't do root canal fillings, but we insist that every patient that comes into our office have them removed as quickly as possible properly by either an oral surgeon or a dentist who's who's able to do the surgery himself the second question is how does your office evaluate the inflammation of my jaw and the idea of that question is simply to determine the degree of professionalism of the office you're talking to and you won't understand all the technical jargon that you'll hear about this, about how they evaluate inflammation, but it will give you an idea of how professional they are. Once they've passed those two questions, you know, I I would certainly go and and get the work done because these offices that qualify are rare indeed. They're, for example, in California, 13 of them in this directory that I mentioned to you. And California is a very big state. So they're not numerous. I know a few of them personally, and if I can help you, I I will try to to find one, but uh, frankly, it's not easy. Okay, so what do you do then? Well, you basically get an evaluation done of your mouth and usually what's used for that is some form of ultrasound scan. The x-rays used by a normal dentist, what I call a smile dentist, simply do not show adequately the root canal inflammation and what's going on with the with the inflammation in your jaw it does not show up on x-rays so it's very important to find a dentist who is competent enough to do a scan of your mouth that will show the inflammation and the degree to which it goes into your jaw so that when the tooth is removed that inflammation can be taken out as well if it's not done properly if the tooth is just yanked out by what I call a smile dentist It's just as if it hadn't been taken out at all because the inflammation in the jaw is still there. I personally helped a a lady, a friend of the family, to get her mouth cleaned up. And she, in part of that process, went to talk to a gentleman in North Carolina named Robert Jones, who was an expert on root canals, and had invented a machine called the Cavitat machine, which is one of these uh, ultrasound scanning machines that I mentioned. And Robert Jones took a look at her mouth, and she took out the partial plate that she had in her upper teeth, and he looked at a spot in the front of her mouth where she'd had a tooth removed four years before. The tooth had a root canal filling in it, and what he found was that the jaw still showed the same degree of inflammation that it would have if the tooth had not been removed, and that was four years later. This is quite common, folks. Uh, If you don't get them properly removed, you might as well not bother. So, before we go on to the third cause of cancer that I've found to be universal practically with everybody, which, of course, is what we put in our mouth, I need to talk briefly to you again about my three wonderful sponsors. Green Supreme sells something called barley power, which you need to have in your home, and you need to take it every day. It doesn't matter if you have cancer or not. I take eight or nine of these every morning. And I find that it keeps me in alkaline state, which uh, if you're a cancer patient, certainly that's one of the goals you should have in mind is turning your body from an acid state, which is common for cancer, to an alkaline state. And this product will do it, believe me. All you need to do to get this is to Give them a call at one eight hundred three 358 They're on Eastern Time. If you're outside the U.S., call area 724-946-9057. And you can also go to their website, which is greensupreme.net. The other thing I take first thing in the morning, of course, is transfer points, beta-glucan capsules. And one of these a day is enough for me because I don't have cancer, of course, and I really don't have any other degenerative condition to amount to anything. So one a day keeps my immune system strong. If you have cancer, of course, you take one of these for every 50 pounds of body weight just once a day, generally in the morning before you eat anything and you forget about it for the 24 hours until the next morning. So it's very convenient, and actually the small amount that you need to take of this makes it less expensive than those that you, where you have to take 12 or so tablets a day, and several of those I've recommended in the past, but this is superior. Transfer points beta-glucan is unique among all immune boosters that I've ever studied And I've studied a lot of them. Believe me, there are dozens of them on the market. But this particular one is unique in the way it deals with neutrophil cells, which are generally not recognizing cancers. So this makes them sensitive to cancer cells, and that really, believe me, is worth this product's price, whatever it is. It's not very expensive, really. Just go to a website called aboutbetaglucan.com forward slash Special and you'll see that they have a a special price for listeners to this show. You can also call them at 1-800-746-7640. They are on Eastern Time, and if you're outside the U.S., call Area 678-560-1808. My third sponsor is Our Health Co-op. These folks sell supplements at a price you would not believe. It is absolutely a minimum markup from the, what they pay for it. They are not legally a nonprofit agency, but they do operate at a minimal markup. And if you're buying anything in the way of supplements, you should check their prices out first to get The products from them, they have a special website you need to go to called MakingHealthAffordable.com. The two of their products that I recommend for cancer patients are called Heart Plus and Green Tea Extract. And the combination of those two is quite effective in stopping the spread of the cancer, what is called metastasis. So it's real important that you get those if you have cancer or if any of your loved ones do. And the easiest way to get them, of course, is to go to the website, makinghealthaffordable.com. You can also call them at their order desk, which is 1-800-667-0781. They are on Eastern Time as well. And from outside the United States area, 561-863-5300. Well, okay, the third cause that it occurs to virtually everyone I talk to once we discuss it, as a probable cause of their cancer, or at least a contributing cause, is what we put in our mouth. And that's about as broad as you can get in terms of everything from cigarettes to recreational drugs to sodas and on and on. But the main thing that seems to cause cancer is the diet. And Americans are pretty bad in in their diet simply because most of the food we eat is processed food in some way or another. And, of course, the nutrients have been processed out of it, and what's been put in it are chemicals which are extremely harmful to our body. And believe me, the food processors do not work for your health. They work for the appearance of the food and its uh, its long-time maintenance on the shelf, so that when you buy it, it looks pretty good and maybe tastes pretty good, but of course that's due to additives like MSG and other things that are harmful to your body, lots of them. But eating cooked food is probably the one thing that causes most cancers and a whole lot of other degenerative conditions. This is surprising to a lot of people because they feel, you know, we worship chefs and we think they're wonderful people, and the recipes that they come up with, we, we admire and we try to to replicate in our kitchens. Unfortunately, this causes our bodies to get things in it which it cannot digest. And a lot of this, of course, is animal protein. We weigh, way, way too much of that. Things like red meat, for example, have been proven to cause cancers of all kinds. And the cooked food in general has zero enzymes in it. If you heat food over 118 degrees, all the enzymes in the food die. Well, the enzymes are what are absolutely essential for the food to be digested properly. And when it doesn't get digested, of course, where does it end up? Well, it ends up as indigestible items, proteins, and other things on the the walls of our cells. And health, of course, as you know, probably you've heard me say this before... Health is really defined as cellular communication. So when your cell walls, the membranes of your cells, start to get clogged up with indigestible stuff that comes through your, your intestines, they lose communication, and that causes a breakdown of your system. Every cell, including immune cells, but every other cell in your body uses all different kinds of ways of communicating around the body. And everything from hormones to enzymes to, believe it or not, biophotonic light, which is transmitted among cells for communication, all of this is dependent on cellular membranes that are permeable. And one thing that I recommend in my diet, and of course what I recommend people do, is reform what they put in their mouths, so that everything they put in it is something that contributes to their health. And one of the main things, of course, is cottage cheese and flaxseed oil, which turns out to be one of the best ways I know of, and it's unique in a lot of ways, but it is particularly good at making your cell walls permeable, making them take up more oxygen, put out more energy. That's what this mixture does, and it's unique in that regard. So it's really important to change your lifestyle dramatically about what you put in your mouth and of course permanently it's not something that you're just going to do until you get over the cancer and you get a cancer-free diagnosis from the doctor and you say whoopee we're back to go again we can start eating red meat and everything else we ate before restaurant food and and so on and pay no real attention to what we put in our mouth it is so important not only to develop A routine that includes the proper supplementation, of course, uh, vitamin D3, uh, beta-glucan, the uh, barley power pills that I recommend, things like that, vitamins and mineral supplements, but particularly the food. And in my book, if you'll you'll read Chapter 5 of my book, actually since about 2004, I have had in there what I consider a pretty good guide, which is very simple to remember. And one of the reasons it's so simple is because I've read dozens of dietitian and nutritionist books and they're all very confusing. They are also, they don't agree with each other and within a particular book, there are contradictions. So it's very difficult to get one of those books and and apply it to your daily life. But what i finally boiled it down to was five no-no's that if the cancer patient memorizes a list of five things that should not go in their mouth ever again, with a few exceptions after you get well, we can talk about that in a minute. But let's go over the list of five no-no's. The first of those, of course, is sugar in any form. Sugar feeds cancer cells. They love glucose. That's what they live on. And a fermenting cell has to have a lot of glucose. So if you want to feed the cancer cells, eat things with sugar in them or high fructose corn syrup, which is in virtually everything that's processed. And that's number two on my list, the processed food that sells in the supermarket. Believe me, almost everything on the shelves has been processed to the point where it is very harmful to your body. Number three is animal protein. You don't have to take my word for this. Read a book called The China Study by T. Colin Campbell, Ph.D. from Cornell, who was a wonderful nutritionist for the last 30 years or so. The China Study will tell you why animal protein is not a good idea for humans to eat. And the fourth thing on my list, of course, is dairy. All dairy products have been proven to promote cancer, and that includes milk, ice cream, butter, anything from... Cows or goats, for that matter, I would avoid if I were, were trying to recover from cancer. And the fifth thing on my list is gluten, G-L-U-T-E-N. Gluten is a product in grains which turns into glucose almost immediately. And to avoid feeding the cancer cells, you have to learn what gluten is in and how to avoid it. One of the things I talk to people about on these, these coaching calls is the word BROWS, B-R-O-W-S, like eyebrows without the E-Y-E on it, and this is an acronym which will help you remember which grains have gluten in them, so I'll go through it real briefly with you. The B is for barley, and this does not apply, by the way, to the barley power pills, which come from the, the young leaf of the barley plant, not the grain. But barley grain has gluten in it, as does rye, which is the R, O, which is the O, oats, and W is wheat, of course, S is spelt, S-P-E-L-T. Those five grains all contain gluten, which is a very good idea for you to stay away from if you're trying to heal cancer. And, of course, there are gluten-free products in virtually every health food store now. They're well aware of this, of what I just told you about the harmful nature of gluten And they sell gluten-free crackers and English muffins and bread, all kinds of things now, and you need to look around and get familiar with them. Well, we're about out of time, folks, and I appreciate you listening to this today. What I've tried to do is replicate for you, at least to some extent, what I talk to people about when I do coaching over the phone with people all over the world. This week I've talked to people in uh, Russia and Czechoslovakia and Hong Kong and England and around the United States and they all have similar problems and similar desires of course to learn how to live the, the healthy life and overcome the cancer. And hopefully this has helped you to at least get a start on how to help yourself or your loved one to overcome your cancer permanently. That's our objective here, and we'll talk to you next week about it, and we'll have a couple of interesting guests for you. Thank you for listening, folks.
0: Thanks for listening to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson.